Welcome to Eclipse, a Heroes podcast, where two old school Heroes fangirls talk about the show and defend its honor. My name's Rachel. And I'm Keisha. And today we are talking about the 17th episode of season one, Company Man. But first, we're going to talk about HomeCon, which we've been talking about the past two weeks, and that we just both watched again before we recorded the episode. Mm-hmm. So, Keisha, what are your thoughts on the HomeCon panel? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I thought it was an utter delight, but then I've always been a fan of David Anders and his chaotic energy. I just, I thought it was a nice little, you know, contrast to the others trying to stay on topic. (laughs) But the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is like, you know, as much as you could say that they were trying to keep him on uh, on track, they were fucking egging him on too. So it was, it was even on all sides. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. (laughs) Um, yeah. Oh God. It was, it was such a such a delight to see them all and hear them talking about the show it's been a really long time it was a good group too because like i was saying to rachel before we started recording they've all done a lot of work together on the show so they have a lot of the same stories and experiences and just a good general camaraderie um which if you you know haven't watched the panel it was uh senator murthy who plays mohinder greg grunberg who is matt parkman jack holman who is mr bennett Adrian Pazdar, who was Nathan Petrelli, Jimmy Jean Louis, who played the Haitian, and this and this other guy, this other guy. I don't know. We don't know him. <laughs> we don't know him yet. Yeah. In the chronology of the show, it's funny because of like you're listening to this and you're just like all season one minded. You'd be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> but no, no. Uh, David Anders, who plays uh, Adam Monroe later on in the show, that rhymed. Uh, he is. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for us to, to get to those episodes. I'm a big fan of his. And when he joined the show, I was so excited because uh, I, I really liked him on Alias quite a bit. But yeah, um, they had a fun little back and forth they all did. Uh, it was great to hear them and see them again. And uh, almost all of them stood up and they weren't wearing pants at the end. What more could you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had coordinated they weren't going to wear pants and like. Sentinel was clearly the most like we're not wearing pants, right? <laughs> like ask it, and they're just like, yeah, yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. doing it, right? <laughs> oh, the fear, the abject fear in his eyes both times he asked, like we're still not wearing pants, right? Oh, like I'm not going to be the only one who stands up at the end, right? Because <laughs> you know, with that group of people, yeah, they would absolutely prank him like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jack and just being like, yes, yeah, yeah, sandals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sandal. Nobody's wearing pants. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then, like, Anders just being all, like, cackling about it both times. And it's like, no, they're really not. <laughs> and if you were on time, you'd know that. <laughs> like... Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, they all stood up, and I was like, and this is how Hong Kong got banned on Twitch for three days. <laughs> against terms of service uh, boys <laughs> tos tos monka tos oh oh man oh my god and then like and they had kind of an interesting panel because well first of all that moderator bless his little heart he wasn't ready for those boys no um <laughs> anybody who's a fan of the show from the start and and you know uh watched or followed them on so- on the very very nascent social media that was twitter uh or saw the the adrian pastor youtube videos which they talk about uh, knows that they're all just a bunch of shenanigan pullers. And so they, they weren't going to let anybody guide that conversation at all. And that is sure as hell what happened. And uh, 
I, uh, it, it's not the mod's fault. I don't think hardly anybody could have reined them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Grunberg came the closest. So I think I don't know. it was, it was fun. I feel like if David had been on time, cause I'm sure they were all in that zoom call, <laughs> like 15 to 30 minutes early. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> the energy from him at least might've been a little different. Cause everyone else was pretty chilled out. Like they'd probably gotten their conversation out of the way. Mm-hmm. Cause we both know what yeah. that's like. We don't start recording the moment we, we, we start talking to each no. other. We have to there's recordings. First. Yeah, there's recordings that are like two hours of us saying nothing before we even start the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep, yep. Just, yep. you know, complaining about Star Wars or like, you know, just normal shit. You gotta get the bullshit out of the way before you can focus on the topic at hand. Yep, because if you don't, then you have to cut it out later from the middle, and that's not as fun. Yes. So. <laughs> Is that right, Editrix, yes. uh, Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But that was it was a goddamn delight. I am sad that they didn't get a whole hour too, but I feel like Andrews might have passed out before that. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, let's talk about some specific uh, notes from the panel. Um, besides sure. the not the note pants, and um, <laughs> they uh, brought up uh, Greg Grunberg's current project on YouTube, which is the Insiders, mm-hmm. which is I haven't watched it yet, but it is a uh, kind of a <laughs> A little, like, I guess what similar to SNL is doing right now with the Zoom panel kind of thing. Everybody wants to make Zoom shows now. It's the new hotness. So it's, like, Zoom shows with, like, his celebrity friends. And uh, I'll link the, Greg's channel in the show notes so you can check that out, and I'll probably check that out after. Uh, same, because David Anders is in one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Anxiety Coleman, Dorian. I believe, is in four. which is And Coleman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They did actually manage to answer a few questions about the show, believe it or not. They did, and they they had a lot of great um, little behind-the-scenes things from the show as well. Because Greg asked everyone the question, what was the favorite ep that you were in on the show? And so I'll run through that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Sentinel's favorite episode that he was in was Five Years Gone. And that is a... Same with uh, Jimmy John Louis, he also said Five Years Gone. Uh, Pazar said Company Man, which he's not even in, so he's like not... (laughs) answering the question right did he ask him if it was something they were in yes or just he said episode? what is your favorite episode oh, you were in? that's God. why they were giving him shit that's why jack was like that's big of you to say you weren't Adrian. in the episode yeah <laughs> which as you'll see in in a moment when we talk about it yeah there's no nathan in this episode no no so. no 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 ain't no petrellis in here and of course jack coleman also said company man as did greg grumberg and then they all razzed anders for a bit like you don't even know the name of an episode <laughs> And he's like, I do lizards, except the stuff that he was referencing in his little story about it, I don't think was from lizards. It wasn't. And I think the chat was calling him out on it. Like I was, I was looking at the scroll and someone was like, Alan Arkish directed lizards. (laughs) Yeah. He had the episodes a little confused. And Hey, that's okay. Because the way that they shot their show was crazy. Who could keep that straight? Mm hmm. Because Lizards was like episode two, and I think he was talking about episode three. And I am defending him because they shot their show in an absolutely insane way. Have we ever really gotten into the details of how they shot this fucking show? No, 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 we haven't. They would film like four episodes at the same time. Yeah. In different locations, with different units, with different directors, with different cast like groups. Who who the hell could keep that straight? I'll defend him in this instance. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I didn't blame. Like as I was watching it, yeah, it didn't yeah. occur to me until I went and thought about. It. I'm like, lizards didn't have that the scene that he was describing in it. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, like you said, they recorded several at the same time. It's like a so. it's a minor thing. 
And then they also try to ask who was their favorite guest star that they worked with. And uh, I think the only one who gave a firm answer was Pazdar, who said Eric Roberts, who we actually yeah, meet in this episode. All... <laughs> yeah, it's, see, this is so great. They're giving us a lot of relevant <laughs> segues into into our episode this week because we meet Eric Roberts in this episode. He plays someone who we'll, we'll see soon. Yeah, so that worked out perfectly. Oh my god, the trumpet thing killed me. I remember hearing that, like them talking about that, like at the time as well. I think so, but just the telling of it today was like, ah, oh, lovely, like good times. Um, and they mentioned other guest stars too. Yeah, they mentioned um, Malcolm McDowell briefly, and then they also talked about um, Robert Forster. Mm-hmm. Who again? Who is she? We haven't met her yet. <laughs> we sure have talked about her a lot, though. Yes, we have. <laughs> You're gonna make me do like weird pronouns like drag race like the whole time now. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, um Yeah. Uh, uh, Robert Forrester plays uh Arthur Petrelli. Uh we mentioned a lot. I'm obsessed with the fact that Anders was like, No, he killed me <laughs> Spoiler Spoilers, I guess, but whatever. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Oh, Anders did talk a little bit about George Takei, mm-hmm. because he also had um, interaction with him as well. And uh, they all mentioned the fact that, hey, they had a Stan Lee cameo. Yes. Which we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So, which, yeah, a lot of people that. don't know or don't remember. A lot of, like, season one and season three people they mentioned for guest stars. <laughs> like, And then um, Sentinel was the only one to get really a fan question. But to be, to be fair, they were having a lot of problems with their fan questions that they asked people to submit. Because uh, I watched the Orphan Black panel and <laughs> they played the video, no one could hear it, and so the the uh, moderator asked the question that was not that video. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which they ended up correcting later because the whole chat was all like wrong, wrong. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and they still obviously didn't get that fully fixed for the heroes panel, so. That would be the trickiest thing I think. On top of everything else, you have to coordinate. And as I was saying to Keisha. Zoom went down day two of um, HomeCon, so they're having a lot of troubles. I didn't watch any panels that day, but there were a lot of problems, and there are still people doing one-on-ones today and tomorrow, trying to fill in for that Zoom outage for people that paid for them. Which, if you, if, if anyone listening got a one-on-one with the Heroes cast member, you should totally uh, message us on Twitter or email us and let us know how that was, because I'm, I'm jealous of anybody who's brave enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Several of the cast members were sporting a little hero merch. Uh, Sentinel and Jimmy both had uh, hero shirts on. Mm-hmm. And Adrian was drinking from a Vote Patrolli cup, which was very cool. I need that fucking mug. I need it. It was so cool. <laughs> oh, my God. All of me. Yes. And I think it was one that it looked like the one that they were selling on the ARG site for it for a hot minute when it was selling. But it could have just been like, you know, a cup from the set even. Who knows? Yeah. Like he got it made special or whatever. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Like, the prop person might have, like, given it to him. But, uh, Sentinel had the question of, like, who, um, what actor gave you the best advice? And it was from Mr. Jack Coleman, which, because he had more lines in the pilot than he'd ever had before in anything he'd done, and how he would always like to be on set and watch other people do things, and Jack was like, no, you have to, like, go to your trailer so you can focus on your scenes. Your acting sucks. You have to go focus. (laughs) So that was really oh, fun. Oh, man. The father's, my father's research joke was good, too. Yes. Oh, my God. They also so. brought up again um, 
Pazdar's behind the scenes videos he made, especially during season two on Buckshot One, the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will link that in the show notes for people who haven't seen it or want to relive it again. It's it's really delightful, and it features all sorts of characters, not just the guys who are in this chat. So. Yes. Yep. has a whole bunch of fun behind the scenes videos and stuff from the world tour. A lot of fun uh, Awards events. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun shenanigans. Doing it before, that, that was the thing to do. Oh, yeah. And, and I love how they talked about that and how they're aware of it, too. Yes. Because now, like, it's like Greg was saying, everybody has, like, a TikTok or, like, an Instagram live that they do when they're on set. But back in the day, that wasn't a thing. And you could get in big trouble by your network for trying to do stuff like that, too. But it was a great way to keep interacting with the fans and make them feel like they're part of it. Mm-hmm. They knew that from the start. And look at where we are today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pioneers sat in front of us. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was like, that was pretty much the most of it. Mostly they were just yelling at Anders and making references that most people wouldn't understand. Oh, yeah, the whole, like, because the, the whole finding out that Fred Willard had died. Oh, yeah. Happening right in the panel. Causing David to get up and go get a white claw. It, it, like, the whole panel is chaotic energy. If you <laughs> feel like watching it, uh, spend the $5 on the Twitch channel and go find the VOD. It's worth the watch. Or if you have Amazon Prime, use your subscription that you get for free on that and do that, because that's what I did. There you go. Use your Twitch Prime. Because every month you can switch your Twitch Prime around to whoever you feel like for that month. Sure can. Mm -hmm. So it was fun live. I also watched the Orphan Black panel, and uh, I thought that was a little chaotic, but boy, I... I wasn't ready for the Heroes panel after that, so yeah. Oh, boy. I love it. I just, I remember, like, man, Anders on a good day is kind of a shit, so, like, I wasn't surprised at all by it. I was, I was just loving it. I was like, yeah. There were a lot of people angry and were wishing that he had, in fact, missed the panel, which he almost did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. And it was like, well, it would have been a different panel without him for sure, but this is what we got. Yeah. And it was it was yeah. enjoyable. It was fun. It brought me brought back a lot of memories. It brought back a good vibe. It was all like it was such a, like a season 2 vibe in the house. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the behind the scenes content and stuff started coming from, too. So. Mhm. Mhm. Was around that era, which we're not at yet though. We are still on season 1. That we are. I <laughs> like that for a segue. Yeah. We're in yeah. season one, and what was clearly, it is one of the two most favorite episodes for people. Company Manor Five Years Gone, as shown by the cast. <laughs> I actually I actually had a question that um, I might put in the Discord or maybe on Twitter. What's your favorite Heroes episode that's not Company Man or Five Years Gone? Yes. Yeah, we talked about that a little last week, mm-hmm. but we just haven't posed the question yet, so... <laughs> well, I was just talking about it to you then. To me? Oh I my, thought it might be fun. Oh to, my gosh. To I'd have it. to like look at the episode list. Yeah, me too. I was looking ahead at the screen caps because I'm a bad person when I was watching the episode last night, just trying to remind myself of some things. And I was like, God damn, there might, there might be a contender here I'm not even thinking of, you know? Um, powerless slaps. Powerless fucks. <laughs> like, there is so much good stuff in Powerless, like the season two finale, that that probably might, that's my instinct right now is to say it's Powerless. Like, we're a couple of, like, you know, weird little Mylar girls, sure. It's not just but that. even, it's not just that, yeah. There is so much good, like, um, Peter and Adam stuff in it. There's like, some great, like, Nathan stuff. 
Oh, there's a ton yes. of great stuff in Powerless. Yeah. Um, it's it's got it's got everything. <laughs> and we've talked before how we can't remember some of the uh, episode names for like volume three and four. I'm like I could probably not remember specific episode names for. Um, I saw some more of them last night because I I literally I scrolled through the entire show to see the episode names and the cap that they used on uh, IMDb free because I thought it was amusing to do and I was like wow I can't remember any of these <laughs> volume 5 episode titles <laughs> at all not even a little bit we're, we're gonna have the most fun with like oh, holy shit we forgot about this with like <laughs> volume 5 <laughs> oh there's so many uh, there, there's little nuggets in volumes 2 and 3 I think where I'll be like wait what <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm excited for that so yeah I guess yeah my first my instinct right now is to say Powerless if I couldn't pick Company Man or Five Years Gone. God, you know, Powerless, yes, and then The Wall. Yeah, true. Even though I can't say for certainty I could say The Wall because I don't remember the other storylines in it. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. But the one that I do remember is so huge. I can't say how huge that is. Like, oh. Yeah. And they devote a lot of time to it, too. Yes. Because I was like, oh, yeah, Five Years Gone is my answer. And if I can't say it, then probably Powerless. Or one that I just haven't remembered that I think is good. I mean, yeah, I think I said Into Asylum last week because that one's really good, too. But not having rewatched all of it yet, I'm sure there's one that's lingering there. Like, remember me? I'm sure that when we finish our rewatch, we'll have a firmer idea of what episode we would say. We'll be like John Cusack and High Fidelity. We'll be like, top five heroes episodes, go. And we'll be able to do it. Yes, perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, without like digging too deep into <laughs> future storylines <laughs> uh, that we may have forgotten, yeah, powerless. Yeah, right now. Just because I can think of so many stu- uh, uh, so many parts of it. Mm-hmm. But I've got like little, little inklings in my brain that are like, remember this one though? And I'm like, oh. Damn, I do, but what are the other storylines in the episode? So, yeah. Yeah, I know there's good there's good stuff coming in season 3 and 4. I just can't remember the episode name or uh, which episode what, it falls in. You know what though? Mm. Clear and present danger. Mm. It even looks different. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's shot like a movie, mm-hmm. like kind of like the old season 1 stuff. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's that's a good one." See, we can barely remember what ep- things are in each episode, so again, yep. it's yep. not your fault, Andrew. <laughs> no, it's not. This whole this whole part of the episode is 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 patting Anders on the back and saying it's not your fault, David. <laughs> back to the, you know, focus of this week's episode. The episode that many of them said was their favorite. It's Company Man. Oh, relevance. Uh, this is a very different episode of Heroes compared to the ones we've seen before. Yeah, we are stuck with one storyline throughout this whole episode. Yep. Character focused entirely on Mr. Bennett. Yes. And we get flashbacks with him. And we mm-hmm. get to see him in his present conundrum. Which, <laughs> yes. <laughs> which, I'll just start off with which. Sure. In the last episode, um, Ted and Matt, they're at his house. They broke in and surprised him. And this episode starts off with taking us back a few minutes before, as they like to do, where we see them breaking into the house and Mr. Muggles being all like, grr, there's intruders, grr. (laughs) And uh, Ted scoops Muggles up and Matt's like, don't hurt the dog. (laughs) 
And Muggles is like, no one wants to hurt Mr. Muggles. He survived Siler and he survives Ted, too. Ted's like, I'd never hurt the dog. Yeah, everyone loves Muggles. No one would hurt Mr. Muggles. So Primatech was a dead end initially for uh, Matt. And so they're here to check his home computer just in case he's sloppy. And so their original plan wasn't to take hostages. No, that kind of fell into their lap when they all arrived back at home while they were still there. Ted and Matt wanted to just get Bennett alone at Primatech. But, you know, plan A changed. They're in plan B now. (laughs) And so we pick back up with the cliff. It wasn't the cliffhanger of the last episode. Simone was the cliffhanger of the last episode. But we pick mm-hmm. back up with them showing up as they're trying to take Sandra back in the house. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mr. Bennett's like, you come into my house with a gun? Like, you know, like, I'm just a paper salesman. And <laughs> Ted's like, gun, not guns, because he's got his own weapon, which are his hands, his uh, wonderful nuclear power. And <laughs> the whole time Matt's like, "It's yeah, Ted, but you just got to be calm, you know. Ted has to relax so that the whole place doesn't just blow up. Because even though he's been futzing around the desert for however many episodes, he still doesn't have it fully under control. And uh, nor does nor does he want to control it. He wants to go off. No, he is like he is a man with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, I would say that's like Matt's mistake to make. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because Matt has a lot to lose. He wants answers, but he has so much to lose. He's got you know Janice and a baby to lose. Whereas Ted, he's lost his wife, and he blames the man in front of him for it. So, there's that. Yeah. And we enter into a flashback, which is great. And the flashbacks in this episode are in black and white, because Mr. Bennett is morally gray. (laughs) (laughs) He sure is. So, in this flashback, we get to see Eric Roberts, who we talked about earlier. And this is Thompson. I don't think he's ever named in this episode. I don't think they do. We know who he is, yeah. He might have even been in the comic for like a hot second before. You know, I've never felt more like I needed to pick up the comic and read around a little bit more than this week. I was like, I feel like there's stuff that, you know. You know, we, we should have prepared a little more, but like that's on we both didn't, of us. Though. <laughs> we didn't, though. We sure didn't. Did. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's okay. <laughs> It's because we keep wanting to do, like, the comics and their separate thing, and so we just don't think about even looking at it. Yeah, because I still feel like we should do mini-episodes with the, or, like, not mini-episodes, like, bonus episodes with the comics, like, comic arcs and stuff from the comics that are cool. Yes. I don't like to push them into the main show too much, because most people, you know, the comics existed, the ARGs existed, but most people just watch the show. Probably like 80% of the people that watched the show didn't even look at the comic. Which, who the hell could blame them? Do you remember how hard it was to read those stupid things on (laughs) NBC.com? Yes. (laughs) Let me get on my soapbox here for a minute. (laughs) About early media on websites, specifically television network websites. Oh, anyway. Anyway, back to... Me, Thompson! (laughs) (laughs) It's Thompson, and we are 15 years ago. Where we see a younger Mr. Bennett without glasses um, interviewing for a job, and he's made it. He's the new regional manager of Primatech Paper. And they immediately dropped all pretense they had with this interview. Because (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Bennett knows exactly what this is and what they're doing. And they are looking for people with abilities. And... uh, Thompson says that he he needs to be comfortable doing things that would fall in a morally gray territory. Things that most people wouldn't be okay with. And Mr. Bennett is comfortable with morally gray. And 
we see that, well, you don't just work alone in the company. You have to work with someone, with one of them. <laughs> and he's like, oh, great. When am I going to meet him? And, oh, he's been there the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. His partner is Claude. Hey. He's not as disheveled as he is in the present. He doesn't have a beard. He's just chilling out there on the desk. He listened to the whole interview. And, uh, yeah, so Claude was originally part of the company. He was. That's uh, why he's got so much invested in staying the hell away from them. Yes. <laughs> he knows what they are. He was in the company and he was partners with yeah. Mr. Bennett. Can we talk about the amazing acting from Coleman when Claude reveals himself? Yes, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Uh, what? An invisible man? It's like, yeah, dude, you know what job you just took? Like, I think he knows course. what job he took, but this is probably the first time he's seen someone with an ability. Yeah, can we talk about that for a minute? Like, I, I, I'm curious about the recruitment of, of the the one of us's, of the people, mm-hmm. the, the normal people. How the hell do they come upon this job? I'm trying to remember. See, this is, again, trying to struggle to think back. Cause, like, there was another Bennett flashback stuff mm-hmm. in, like, season four? I want to say. Uh, season. Late season three, volume four. I, I, season three, volume four. Yeah, yeah, so in volume four, where we get a little bit more of his origin story, and I think that that takes place before this, and we see that, in fact, Claude was not really the first person he saw with abilities, mm-hmm. and he was recruited that way, because that was uh, before he met Sandra, I believe. I think you're right. But... As of right now, like, you know, Heroes likes to do these little things, which are a little retconny. Oh, a little? A little, you say? <laughs> so, I believe that is when, like, he became aware of it. But, you know, at the time, as far as he knew, that was the first one he'd seen. He's going to play it that way. <laughs> That'll have to be a discussion when we have the episode. Cause it's like I have vague memories of this, <laughs> of this happening, but I don't remember specifics. Yeah. Because I think it was a big thing because he ha- he was married before Sandra or engaged. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was engaged, I think. Mm-hmm. I believe you are correct. Yep. Anyway, we'll worry about yep. that another day. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I just Anders the whole thing off the fucking cliff. <laughs> Zoom. Don't worry, we're not talking about Alias. Anyway. <laughs> Back to the present. Uh, yes. And uh, Matt is hearing Claire's mind, and he knows that Claire knows the truth. Like, she knows what her father is up to. And um, Matt is, like, yelling about how Mr. Bennett makes us forget. And Sandra is like, wait, what do you mean? Like, how does he make you forget? And then he hears Claire say, the Haitian. And he's like, whoa, she knows. And uh, (laughs) she's like, no, he's telling the truth. He's just a paper salesman. But, like, you know... Matt can hear in her head. And Ted mm-hmm. is getting more and more impatient with the whole thing, and he lights his hands up. And then Claire finally relents that, like, no, he's not just a paper salesman. And uh, they have a great line where it's like, well, guess she's not daddy's little girl anymore. <laughs> and then we get to see Claire alone with Matt as he's grilling her a little bit. And Matt's like, you know, your father did this to us. And Claire's like, he wouldn't. But the whole seed of doubt now is sown into Claire, too. Like, did he do this to us? Did he make me this way? Because that's what Matt and Ted both believe. He hears Claire think about peter and there he's like wait you know peter too he can do what i can do and she's like no he can do what i can do <laughs> i love that bit so much it's like he can do what both you guys can do great Woo. Um, yeah. you, you've hit the nail on the head of what peter can do and uh claire confirms to matt that she can heal 
He's like, oh my god, there was like so much of your blood on the scene and there wasn't a scratch on you. And she again wonders like, wait, did my dad make me this way? And then we get another flashback. And we get to see um, HRG on the roof with Claude. And they're talking about, like, man, we would have been better prepared if we knew we were going after a fire starter. That poor baby. (laughs) And we see that uh, Thompson is talking to someone with their back to us who is holding a baby. And he turns around and it is Hero's father. Dun, dun, dun. Hero's father. Shock. (laughs) Is a lot more involved with this than you might have initially thought. He actually has oh, Hero with yes. him as a boy. You can see a little young Hero sitting there. So Hero is in this episode, even though it's not Masioka. I forgot about little baby Hero with his Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, he's just chilling there playing his Game Boy on the DeVoe rooftop. And uh, Hero's father turns around and is like, well, I heard you, you've been trying to have kids. Here's a kid for you. You're going to adopt this one. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because uh, Mr. Bennett was kind of a little grateful that their attempts to have a kid were failing because he doesn't think he'll be a good father. And, um, what the hell is Hero's father's name? Kaito. Kaito, thank you. Kaito! <laughs> I, yeah, I, couldn't, I was, like, blanking yeah. on the name. Okay. So Kaito yeah. is like, you know, you're just her surrogate father because she belongs to us, and when she manifests, we'll take her from you. So, mm, little motivation for what Mr. Bennett's been doing this whole time. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he reluctantly takes the baby, which this whole conversation is in Japanese, by the way. And they talked about it at the HomeCon panel. They did, because Jack was a little hurt that um, George <laughs> K was like, he learned the lines phonetically and didn't know what he was saying. And he's like, I knew what it meant. Of course I knew what it meant. And I had to learn it phonetically, and so did Anders over there. He had to do it too, but we knew what it meant. And Anders could still bust some out. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was busting out the lines again. So, um... Mr. Bennett is holding the baby, and Claude comes up all happy Father's Day. <laughs> so we get to see the little, oh. the little um, origin story of when Claire came into the Bennett family, which was super cute. Super cute, and then giving us a really great look into how goddamn involved all these adults are. <laughs> yes. Get used to this. Oh, get boy. used to the parents of all these characters being a lot more involved than you might think. Mm. And I do mean pretty much all of them. I'm trying to remember how, like, shocking it was at the time. It was like, holy shit, it was Kaito. Uh, pretty shocking. Because he was so just, like, not into anything Hero was doing. And you're just like, oh, you just went in for the, like, stern Japanese CEO stereotype. Like, oh, that's why he's, you know, not interested in this nonsense and blah, blah, blah. But, oh, oh, there's layers now, friends. It, it puts a whole new spin on, like, why did he want to stop his son from doing what he's doing? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he knows a lot more about Hero's path than we think. Mm. Maybe, maybe he has a power. <laughs> Is he one of us or one of uh, them, Keisha? Oh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the present and they're like, you know... Did you make us this way? We came for a cure. So yep. they're both yelling at Mr. Bennett, who is sitting with um, the rest of them out in the living room. Why did you make us this way? They just came for the cure. Uh, I don't remember who says, like, what if there isn't one? But Ted in his mind says, then I'll kill us all, which Matt hears. Yep. And Matt's like, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> He's like, excuse me. <laughs> 
So that makes him really try to hone in on what Mr. Bennett is thinking. And, of course, he starts thinking in <laughs> Japanese. This son of a bitch is thinking in Japanese. Ah, uh, iconic line. And this is immediately where you get to see sort of, like, Mr. Bennett, like, at his best, dealing with other people who have abilities. Mm -hmm. So he drops the Japanese, which should have been a red flag for Matt, because he's all, like, he starts thinking about the den safe in the bookcase, that there's, um, the, the information is there. And so they both turn to go get that, and that gives him an opportunity to dive for a hidden gun that is hidden under the fireplace, which I imagine how many hidden guns are in the Bennett household. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how many little bits are there where Bennett has a gun stashed away that the family has no idea about? Oh my god, right? I'm sure there's tons of little points that have got little handguns hidden everywhere. Man, if he would have told Sandra about any of them, maybe she could have given Siler a cap in his ass. Right? Poor Sandra. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sandra. Speaking of poor Sandra, uh, oh. he gets the gun taken away from him very quickly by Ted, and Ted points the gun at Sandra. And he is livid still. And he's like, well, you know what? He killed my wife. Only fair if I kill his. And Claire's like jumping in front of her mother. Like, if you're going to shoot someone, shoot me. Mm -hmm. And they knock Claire out of the way. Like, he is intent on killing Sandra. And um, you can suddenly hear in Matt's mind, Mr. Bennett saying, shoot Claire, do it now. Mm -hmm. And she so he, so Matt does. He shoots Claire. Because Matt knows that Claire can heal, and she's admitted to him. Even though that is, it's got to be, like, probably not a great feeling for him to shoot this 16-year-old girl. Yeah, like, the way that they uh, film it is very sudden. Like, it's very... I, I don't know. Like, we've seen Claire heal from everything, and we know she'll probably heal from this. But the way she just goes down, like, that was, like, literally watching a regular person get shot. Yeah. They don't, uh, I don't know, they don't really have any sort of fantasy vibe to it, you know, when when he does it. It's just like, boom, someone got shot, someone goes down, and it's, oh my god, Sandra's scream. <clears throat> yeah, she's just like, oh my god, no, you shot, you know, you killed my daughter right in front of my very eyes. Yeah. And so they, uh, take her up to the room. Like, we get, like, Mr. Ben's, like, thinking, like, we gotta get her out of here before she heals. Yep. So they move the body up to the room, and there's a great, where Claire does wake up, and she spits the bullet out of her mouth and hands it to Matt, and he looks at it like, holy shit. And he's like, you made her indestructible, and he's like, I didn't make anyone. Mm -hmm. You and Ted have both been misinformed. He also sit, looks at Claire and says, the people who I work for don't know about you, because if they did, you'd have been gone months ago, Claire. And Matt is like, he's telling the truth, because he can hear, you know, his thoughts, and... They're telling her she has to play dead. She can't come back downstairs. Ted can't know that uh, Matt kind of shot her on purpose. And uh, so they have to, she has to do what he says so nobody gets hurt. And you know that's killing Claire because this whole lead up, these several episodes have been like, uh, fuck you, dad. Yep. <laughs> and she, her, her teen rebellion. <laughs> she so badly wants to be the hero in the situation, but they're like, you can't, you have to stay put. You have to just trust us. We'll get this all worked out. And... So we see we see downstairs that Lyle tries to play the hero, that he has a bat and he almost <laughs> knocks Ted out with it, which good on him, man. Yeah. He's got no power. He just, he tried his best to save his family. But it's like the thing we've talked about in past episodes. You normals, you can't stand up to this. No, no. But he, they, he tried. He did try. Yeah. Good job, Lyle. You don't have to shut up today. And so Matt and Mr. Bennett come down the stairs and they're like, okay, he's going to take you to the paper company and we're going to go get the secrets and I'll stay here with the family. And Ted immediately is like, no, 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 you go with him. I'm going <laughs> to stay here with the family. 
because he already has seeds of doubt when it comes to Matt. And he's like, I'm going to stay here with the family because if it all goes wrong, I'm going to go kaboom. And he gives them an ultimatum that they've got an hour to get back before he blows the place up. Just look for the mushroom cloud if you're late. Ugh. Oof. Come, come on, Ted. You need to chill the fuck out for like a second. <laughs> for like a hot second. Which I didn't mention, even though it was early in my notes. There's a great fun fact about this episode. That the actor that plays Ted, which is Matthew John Armstrong, and the actress that plays Sandra, Ashley Crow, are married. <laughs> And they were married at the time of filming. And I remember that being on a lot of interviews after the episode. Mm-hmm. This is like their, their like one chance where they really interacted together on the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's your fun heroes fact. <laughs> uh, you don't often like see married actors get to work together like that too. So that's cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we go back into the past as Bennett and Matt are on their way to the company and, you know, heads with the family and everything's getting really really tense i like how in the episode like they keep the tension ratcheted really well uh it's like what i said earlier like yeah claire can heal from everything but now she's surrounded by people who can't so everyone's actions have to be a little less reckless than they might have been otherwise Mm -hmm. because there's normies involved there's normal people and they're very fragile like teacups so we go back into the past and we see bennett and Thompson, do you realize this whole episode is a first name bomb waiting to happen with Mr. Bennett? <laughs> yes, I know. I've almost said it a couple times, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to talk. I'll say it. I'll do it again. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to feel so free after How to Stop an Exploding Man. Okay, so. Yep. And, and here's the funny thing. We didn't have to do this. I just thought it would be funny, and I'm the one who's done it twice. Yep. I've fucked up twice. So, <laughs> anyway. So we go back into the past, and Bennett is with Thompson, and he's talking to him. Thompson, you know, being his superior, he has to let slip. Sandra found a gun and a sedation kit. Oop. So he, I love how he's just like, she probably thinks I'm some kind of serial killer. And I'm like, yeah, she probably does. <laughs> that's, that's real Ted Bundy behavior, bro. <laughs> like, oh my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? You think you're with someone who's a manager of a paper company, and it's like... Here's his fucking murder kit. Like, yeah, like, oh, uh... <laughs> oh, does it feel good? All right. So Thompson's such a prick. Uh, he's just like, well, he, I like how he kind of lets Bennett fully admit that he fucked up and that he has to say the consequences of this. Like, well, you know what happens when people find out. It's nothing good. And Bennett's just like, okay, but is she going to be okay? Like what's, what the hell's going to happen? You know? And so <laughs> he's like, is she in danger? And Thompson's like, he's very like, I don't know. Is she like, that's, that's his whole fucking character. <laughs> uh, and he's like, and he's like, if she is, what are you going to do? And Bennett's like, do what I've always done. He'll follow orders. And Thompson's like, well, lucky for you, Sandra's going to be just fine because we have a solution to this problem that has just come into our hands. And so not only do we get to see a little hero in this, we get to see a little Haitian. A little teenage Haitian. Uh, so they introduce him, and they say that when they found him, he... What did he draw a picture of? Like He was... Pulling, like, memories out of people's head like little grub worms, I believe is what he said. Yeah, like grub worms. I couldn't remember the analogy he used. Because he's mute. They're like, oh, he's mute. Which, you know, he's not. But they think he's mute. Uh, 
Thompson's like, yeah, he's mute. He can do this really cool thing. So guess what? You fucked up, but for now, it's okay. And when this kid is done doing what he's, you know, going to do, you got to thank him for saving Sanders' life. So that's how life or death things get in the company. They don't mess around. They don't care how loyal you've been to them. You fuck up something like that, it's over. So we go back into the present, and we see Bennett and Matt entering into, like, the underground warehouse part of Prime Attack, which is where the company is. And uh, so, you know, they're sitting there, and they're talking as they go through the little, like, doorways and such with their handy-dandy Prime Attack key card. I still want one of those. I used to want one so bad. It's like, I still kind of still kind of want one. Um, so, because it's a cool little prop. It's just such a neat little... I think you can find uh, that more easily than some of the other things we've been looking for. Probably. Because there's people that I totally, make props, especially Yes, really yes. Like the screen ones. Um, I totally tried to Google the Petrelli bug while you were talking, and I couldn't find one for sale, and I'm sad. <laughs> we saw so. a Primatech one on Etsy that someone made. That's true. That was really cute. That's true. Shout out to people on Etsy keeping the Heroes fandom alive. There's um, not many, but it's there. <laughs> ugh, there's not. We have we have a whole episode planned talking about Heroes merch, and we went on this journey together, she and I, on all the t-shirt websites, on Redbubble, on Etsy, just trying to find anything we could that was still relevant. Mm-hmm. There's some. I was surprised. I didn't think there'd be, like, anything. Yes. So, that's nice. Anyway... So Ben is there and he's going to grab some sedatives and some files. And he'd already uh, signaled the Haitian when they got there. And Matt's like, what? It's like, yeah, he's, he's coming along. Just, just be cool. Like you don't have this in control, Matt. Like you really don't. You need to let Bennett help you now that he can. So they, they decide like, you know, Hey, from now on total honesty, right? Like just you and me, we got it. We got to level with each other. It's the only way we're going to get through this. And you see, they, they cut back to Ted, and, and he's just kind of, like, you know, messing around in, in the living room and uh, just, you know, generally being pissy. Um, like, he just, he, he's, he's such a, like, I get that his emotions are really elevated right now because he's just got everything on his mind with, like, his wife and everything, and he's, like, so sure this guy is the one who ruined his life. But, like, come on, man. These people are so innocent. Mm-hmm. It's have a little have a little perspective, um, and so we we go back to um, to Primatech, and <laughs> the Haitian shows up, and Bennett's <laughs> just like, "Hey, guess who found out you can talk?" <laughs> and he's all like, "Grr," with him, and it's so great. And um, he's like, "Who else knows?" and and uh, so he's like, "You know, just just her and I know that'll change," and and. Bennett's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, just really stunned that the Haitian's basically not falling in line because they've always worked together so well over the years. And so the Haitian's just like, mm, I answer to someone whose authority supersedes yours. And Bennett's like, in this company? And he's like, no, in your daughter's life. Ooh. Who could that be, Rachel? Who is this mysterious person? I wonder, based on all hints we've been <laughs> dropping for like in this episode about how people's parents might know more than they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people we've seen before and, you know, who who might be really involved in shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Puppet masters, dare I say. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, <laughs> okay, this is, this is a note that I had because, um, I don't know, I felt like writing it. Uh, when they show Ted in the living room and all the different 
shots that they've had in the Bennett household. I have a serious question for you. Okay. Do you think that the many tacky clocks in the Bennett home drove Siler to violence against Sandra? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because they got the little gold one they show in the start, and then the one that Ted picks up. <laughs> just wow. <wondering. laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe they were, like, all off, and that just, like, drove him a little more insane than he might have. <laughs> that, that does tend to set him off. That, that That's a true fact. It made him lose his chill, the little that he had. Um. He doesn't have any chill. <laughs> Oh my god. Way to bring Siler in in an episode that he's not even in. But <laughs> I'm bowing, you can't see it, and I'm dabbing, and you can't see it. Oh. You're welcome. But like, anyway. Well, but also, speaking of Siler, mm-hmm. because one of our favorite chemistries is Siler and um, Mr. Bennett, where it's like, I love mm. in this episode the chemistry that Mr. Bennett and Matt have together when they are not adversaries. Yeah! Like, in another life, you could see them both working together very well as partners. And and, and it could be a life that we, we see still. <laughs> it could be, but, I'm, you know, they work yep. very well together. They do. Uh, Coleman and Grunny have a great chemistry of a good back and forth. Yes. So. But, yeah, no, definitely. If things had been different, he'd be a great one of them. Mm-hmm. He's got the oh, perfect training man. for it. He does. He's a fucking cop, and he has a power. Like, he, he would be an absolutely ideal recruit, actually. Uh, in all would. ways. That he would. Yeah. So I just I had to pose that serious question to you. I did not even, it did not even occur to me. I just kept seeing them, and I was like, you know who probably hates them? You <laughs> sitting there petting muggles being like, these fucking clocks. These fucking clocks. They're all off. <laughs> This guy thinks he, you know, rules everything, can't even keep his clock set right. Uh, yeah. Wait, here's, okay, question. Were they there okay. when Siler was there, or did, like, after Siler fucked the place up, Mr. Bennett put, like, all these clocks and made sure they were all slightly off? So if he ever came again, he'd be like, there! <laughs> Damn, that's a good point. Mm? You've bested me, madam. I top my cap to you. <laughs> Uh, oh, we're gonna have to. Oh shit, we're gonna have to see if they're part of the set dressing in in future instances. Yeah, because remember, like we got to see a little glimpse of him on the phone talking to Isaac as they were putting the house kind of back in order. Yes. So. Oh my goodness, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, okay, so and then we we go into another flashback. Flashback. Oh. And we see Bennett and Claude driving together down a road. And it turns out that they have to deal with a security breach. And so, oh gosh, this is such a such an, an emotional part. <laughs> all, <laughs> like the whole rest of the episode, it's like, strap in, guys. You're going to feel all the feels. Because, yep. oh, there's a lot. Okay. So... Surprising no one, Claude is the security breach. Bennett straight up is just like, are you hiding one of them? And Claude's just like, hmm, short answer is yes. <laughs> and I love how he's just like, they, I love how they have the kind of uh, relationship where there's no point in lying to each other the whole time. No. They, they both know, so they may as well just be honest and come out with it and see what happens. And Bennett's just like, oh, why would you do this? Why would you do this to yourself? Why would you put me in this position? 
I, I don't understand why you'd fuck everything up, basically. And I don't understand why you would, you know, on, be honest with me, considering, I mean, hello, look at the situation we're in. And Claude's like, well, I guess I was just hoping for sympathy from someone who was raising one of them. And also, he was in the office when he when the order came down to kill him. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's both. Uh, and Bennett's like, well, you know what I have to do, right? And Claude's like, yeah, I'm aware, but I guess I just hope that, you know, I mean, I think you're a better man than they do, and you'll do the right thing, ultimately. So they drive over a bridge, and they stop the car, and they get out, and Claude's just kind of like, wow, you're just going to off me like it's nothing, huh? That's that's crazy. And, uh, oh, before they even uh, get out of the car, when Bennett's like, why would you do this? He's like, well, I guess the vivisection started to keep me up at night. Mm. I, that's the thing, is like, we we saw parts of this with the guy we just mentioned, with Siler, uh they can get real brutal there at the company. And you have to imagine it's not just to people like Siler who may or may not, quote, quote, deserve it. If, you know, they, they have answers they need to seek and biology the only way that they can figure it out. They're going to tear people open. They're very open about that. So, and I love also how the the rhetoric that Claude uses where he's like, I'm not, I'm, I won't hunt my own kind. I won't hunt my own people. It's a very, like, X-Men way of looking at things. Uh, instead of just being like, oh, so there's humans, and then there's some humans who are evolved and can do some stuff, which is kind of how we've been thinking about it so far. Specials, people with abilities. Now it's like, no, no, no. Let's think about these people on a biological level. Let's say they are different entirely. Then you get, like, a very mutants versus humans kind of thing. And I think that that actually guides a lot of where the show ends up going in terms of, you know... It's funny. It's like one of us, one of them, literally. Mm-hmm. They're not us. They're different. And so people like Claude are going to have different loyalties, ultimately, when pushed. So, yeah. So they stop the car. They get out. And he's just like, wow, you're just going to do it, huh? And we find out also through their conversation that so far, Bennett's been keeping his distance from, from little Claire. Because he knows what he's going to ultimately have to do. So there's no point in getting attached it'll just make everything harder and more complicated he just has to be a good little company man wink and follow <laughs> orders and it'll just be easier right so they you know they're, they're, they're outside of the car and Bennett's like hey man you acted against the interest of the company and Claude's like you ever do you ever stop to think what those interests are like you know what if it was what if it was Claire like I you know what if what if it was Claire I was hiding like why why are you doing this and so They have this whole, like, tense moment, and Bennett actually shoots him. Mm -hmm. And I agree with your note. I always felt like it was an accidental uh, firing of the gun, too. Yeah. At first. Um, He looks so shocked after he does it. Like, yes. Yep. It's like, uh, it's like his his need to follow orders is betraying his own, like, conscience. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, His body acted and his mind went, oh, damn, after. And... He shoots Claude several times yes. after. Uh, and Claude goes invisible during about the third shot, I believe. And he falls off the bridge. And that's where Bennett thought he died. Like we said in a prior episode, someone's not nearly as dead as we think. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Claude. And that's why Claude has been on the run and so hesitant to connect with anybody or show himself. Literally. Because... This is a very well-connected and very dangerous group of people that would prefer him dead. And they can do it. Yeah. So, 
it's like a nice little it fills in everything you might have been wondering about that. This flashback takes place seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So Claude and Bennett have been partners for seven years before this. Yeah, long time. And yeah, but uh, I'm not I'm not going to allow the train to go entirely off the tracks. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the slightest of detours. It, it's funny when you see how he deals with this and how he deals with Claude. And like you were just saying, they were partners for seven years and he did the thing because Bennett has an interesting relationship with the, with the thems. Yes. <laughs> he does throughout the show in differing levels of hostility. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or begrudging acceptance. Um, it, it's an interesting thing to explore and we're not going to explore it fully here, but it's something a certain someone picks at later when they're partnered with him. wonder who that is. I wonder who that is. Oh, the joy. The Mm -hmm. joy of that to come. Anyway, so we go back into the present and, you know, everyone's real tense at Primatech as well. And that's the whole thing. And then we go back to the house and Ted hears a noise. So he has to go investigate it. And he goes upstairs and Claire pops up totally alive and she sneaks in through the back door to try to start freeing her mom and Lyle. And Sandra is just struck because she just saw her daughter take one to the chest. She was dead. And Sandra, it's interesting the language she uses. She's very biblical about it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I prayed so hard. This is a miracle. God heard my prayers. Uh, nice little, like, you know, character moment for her. Uh, kind of give a sense that she's the kind of person who would turn to that, especially in times of crisis. And Ted goes upstairs while Claire's doing this and he sees the open window. Oh, he showed your hand and he flings the sheet back and it's not a dead Claire. It's a bunch of Claire bears. (laughs) And so he goes back downstairs and Lyle manages to escape and she tries to get Sandra to run too when Ted grabs Claire, but she won't leave her daughter especially after what she believes is this like miracle she's like no you came back to me i'm not gonna abandon you and so lyle's out and he is on the run and now it's just sandra and claire in the house with ted and ted while he's holding claire he burns her really really bad he goes and he full-on you know does this little nuclear hand thing but she heals right in front of sandra and so like yeah it's full-on like this isn't a miracle per se, like this is something else. And so now Sandra and Claire are both tied up. I love how he's just like, ah, I will use lots more duct tape. This is the answer. <laughs> yeah. It's an absurd amount of duct tape. Yes, I is. always <laughs> thought it was really funny. <laughs> and she's like, I always thought you were a miracle, Claire. I just didn't know how much of one you were until now. And Claire's like, hey, I don't know if God made me this way or someone else. And Sandra's putting it all together. She's putting it all together. All the times, all the things Claire has said that would lead, you know, you to believe. And she's like, well, I have faith in your father that he's going to come back for us. And it's just, it's just a nice little moment. And, uh, you know, she's just talking to him and I don't know. They have like a really nice mother daughter moment. They haven't gotten to have one of those in a while. So it was nice to see. And, uh, Matt and Bennett come back and Ted's like, Matt, did you know that if you shot her, she wouldn't die? And so, you know, Ted's starting to realize, oh, (laughs) they're trying to play me. And it's not just Bennett, it's Matt. And I can't trust the guy I'm doing this with. And he's starting to get a little, uh, again. 
And he's like, so am I still the one in control, Mr. Bennett? Does his little glowy hands thing, because, you know, that's his weapon, and he has to brandish it. And Bennett's like, hey, you know, no tricks. You just you ask for the truth. This is the truth. He's got a big old thick, like, manila file folder in his hand. I love how uh, how Matt's pretty much just like, hey, Ted, do you want revenge or do you want the truth? Yeah, can't have both. And it's great to have someone just, like, settle Ted down for a second and be like, you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> Like, you claim to want answers. These are answers. You know, they're just trying to, like, coax him into calming the fuck down. And so, yeah, so they come in, and then the Haitian comes in through the back. And, um, and he's, you know, he's going to take Claire and Sandra out of the situation. Because, hey, you want him, you got him, right? The whole plan was to get Bennett alone in the first place. Here we go. Oh, man. I, I love how, um, I love how before they leave, Sandra grabs Muggles. She's got her priorities in check. She's like... <laughs> Daughter is alive. Dog is here. Great. And so they are able to get out. And oh my goodness, you know it's it's good. Like they're trying to they're trying to mitigate the situation. They're trying to get people out. And Ted's like, quit wasting my time. Basically, where's the cure? And they're like, there is no cure because there's not. And who should you know enter the scene as well? But our new friend Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> and so. He comes in and it's like, oh shit, here we go. It's all about to literally blow up now. <laughs> and as this is happening, Bennett is like, look, here's the file. Here's the folder. We didn't make you this way. When we found you, you were already giving off the labels of radiation. You were fairly harmless. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we didn't do this. We were trying to help. You know, just trying to be as honest as he can. And meanwhile... Thompson's sneaking in, and <laughs> and he's got his gun. He's got his company gun, and oh man, it's it shit shit goes wild so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thompson, he's he's aiming his gun, and then it's like, no, don't! You'll set him off, and he shoots him, and everything goes crazy, <laughs> really, really fast. Uh, Bennett has the sedative. He won't leave because he's got to try to stop Ted. Someone's got to take him out. Someone's got to sedate him or he's just going to go full on. You know, we see Thompson and Matt leaving and Claire sees them leave and she's like, oh, no. And so she runs back in because obviously, you know, she can heal. It's all good. And Ben is like, I got to get him. You know, I got to get this in him. He's got the, you know, the needle and he's like, I got to sedate him. I have to take him out. Or this whole, this whole block's gonna go, basically. And so they're having this moment. And, okay, let me just say, the way that they shoot Ted's little breakdown is so goddamn dramatic. (laughs) And so, so unnecessarily extended. Like, I understand that on the other side of it, it's because they have to have, like, the conversation that Claire has with Bennett. And, you know, they have to do all these things. But every time they go back to Ted, he's like, I'm blowing up! It's just like, <laughs> oh my god. Oh. We get it. It's like, I, I, we fucking get it. You know, I'm sure some of it is, like, human instinct. And it's like, sure, he's been threatening to blow everything up. But at the same time, he doesn't want to <laughs> blow everything up. And No, no, yeah. He's fighting back against what his body is trying no. to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! <clears throat> Sorry, I just I was like, wow, how many times do we need to yeah, cut right. away to this? Because <laughs> wow, it's kind of a thing. Oh boy! All right, so this whole extended like I'm blowing up scene is happening, and Claire's there, 
and and she's talking with her father. Oh man, it's it's just like the emotions are about to run high. <laughs> like, oh shit. All right. So she goes in and she's like, I'm not leaving without you. And he tries to get close, but he starts to get burned. He's like, I can't get close enough. And so he gives it to Claire and Claire does it. She's able to make her way to him. She injects him. There's a small explosion. The house is fucked. <laughs> the house is so fucked. Um, and so we, we cut to outside and it's like Thompson, Matt, Sandra, Lyle, who said he called the cops and the neighbors mm-hmm. are starting to gather. Oh yeah. We're, we're in like men in black territory now where it's like, this is a problem and not just for a couple people. There's something we need to handle on a larger scale. And the Haitian obviously too is there. And so everyone's like, what the hell's happening? You know, is Claire okay? And after the explosion, she walks out. This is one of the best Claire moments in the show, by the way. Yes. Uh, I, it is absolutely iconic to watch her slowly walk out of the house, charred to shit, but alive in such a great, like, if you wanted to pull the lid off this thing, well, here's a, here's a taste of what that looks like. And it's always Claire. It's always Claire who ends up, you know, being exposed, whether by choice or not. Because it's hard to hide that in many circumstances. And so she comes out and she's burned to hell and her clothes are burned and they're like singeing like off of her as she's walking and she's healing as she's walking. And so can you imagine all the neighbors and stuff seeing this? Like, I always wanted to see more of that perspective because mm. you can see there's a small crowd behind the family. Yep. Everyone's seeing this kids and such. And she comes out and Bennett gives her his coat and they're hugging and Thompson sees like, yeah, she can heal. And he knows game is over. Mm-hmm. So, oh boy. So I, I want to touch real quick on, um, yeah, do the Claire leaving the house that they mm-hmm. had three different stunt doubles in various states of burnt that they all, um, like connected together to get that uh, effect of her walking out of the house. It's such a good shot. Like, a lot of the special effects on the show aren't amazing. That one really holds up, I feel. Because I don't know if it was on Beeman's blog mm-hmm. or another one that had, like, the picture of uh, of all the Claire's <laughs> standing together, mm-hmm. all variously burned. I think it was Beeman. That seems like a beeman kind of thing. Yeah. So that was cool to but see. But maybe not. Yeah. It wasn't just yeah, all a digital effect. It was There was some practical effect in there with it as well. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's probably why it looks so good, honestly. Probably. Oh, boy. So she walks out. The whole neighborhood sees it. Oh, hell. Ah, oh, here go hell come. That's <laughs> like everything. Like this one moment, it's such a great almost end for the episode because it's like, it perfectly goes to this line that Sandra says when she's talking to Claire. You can't pretend that the world's the same today as it was yesterday. Because now it's we're on a whole new track. And it's exciting to see where this is going to lead. And what kind of company interference comes about. How Bennett's going to handle this. If he's going to do the thing. Because he did it with Claude. Is he going to be able to do it with Claire? Well, we're going to find out right away. Because... <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, man. So we cut back over after everything's settled. And the Haitian probably had to fucking mind wipe a whole neighborhood. <laughs> like, So uh, also I want to say about the blast. 
this obviously led to foreshadowing, potentially, of, oh, okay, so Claire can even survive this. So maybe she's the one who can stop Peter Mm -hmm. down the line, Mm -hmm. if that becomes a necessary thing. She'll return the savior favor, if you will. Um, Maybe. Maybe she will. Maybe someone else will. We don't know yet. But we know she can survive a whole hell of a lot. (laughs) This is the biggest thing she's survived so far. Yeah, she can. We cut over to the company after everything's settled. And Thompson is told that it was the Haitian that hid Claire. And Bennett acts like he didn't know that the Haitian went rogue, basically. And we see that Ted and Matt have both been detained in the wake of this. Uh, Ted's basically in a Siler cell. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? He earned it. Um, So... He's, he's strapped down and sedated all hell. And Matt is in something like, I'd say a step above that, or a step less than that in terms of security levels. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not straight chilling in the room like Isaac was, doing paintings, but he's also, you know, being dealt with. And so they're both contained for the moment. And as they are standing over Matt, it's exactly what Rachel just said. Thompson's like, hey, you know who'd be a useful recruit or a, par- or a partner in these endeavors? This guy. What, what if we go down that road, you know, with Matt? So that's like, it's a fun thing to consider, and it's a great way to get him involved outside of his, his no man's land of story in, in, <laughs> in California with Janice. Because um, it's like everything. Okay, the company is such a fucking part of the show. It's the biggest part i think for a long time so anyone who gets involved in it is gonna immediately be in the main story so this is a good thing for matt's story is is him potentially working with these people and uh who do we also see show up earlier than i thought i (laughs) thought she showed up in the next episode for the first time uh meet candace wilmer everybody who is a new recurring company girl character played by Missy Peregrim, who you might've seen in a lot of things. She's, she's been in a lot of stuff, but yeah. So Candace shows up and she's in her, her cute little outfit. I always loved her outfit so much. And I still do her little like sweater vest thing. Yes. Um, Yes. It's a good look. And she's got her little clipboard and she's making notes and she doesn't say anything this up. That'll be later. So Thompson's like, yeah, so maybe Matt could work for us. Also, turns to Bennett, when should be expecting Claire? When 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 is she gonna come in? And so Bennett's like, yeah, I'll I'll go get her right now. Let me do that. And we go into the past one more time. And this time, did they say how many years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I kept missing the years ago part. I would look up from like writing my notes and be like, damn. So. Yep. Uh, only three short years ago, we see Bennett and Claire and they're sitting down and they've got a bunch of different frame styles of eyeglasses. And because if you recall throughout the episode, he hasn't worn his signature, his signature frames. He hasn't worn his glasses. So they're sitting there and he tries on one pair and she's like, oh, those are grandpa glasses. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. He's like, how about these ones? And she's like, oh, grandma glasses. <laughs> and they're trying to find the perfect one. And she's like, do you think I'll need glasses? Because, you know, you need glasses. You just said that your dad needed glasses. And so he's like, oh, boy. All right, this conversation. And he's like, well, so I didn't think this was how we were going to have this conversation. But here we go. So you are not 
our biological daughter. I'm not your biological father. You are adopted. And she takes it pretty well, honestly. Like, she's, she's you know, a little like, oh, she's taken aback, obviously. But I don't know. I always, I always liked how she didn't just flip out. Mm-hmm. Just, it just seems clear. Like she can handle, she can handle stuff. And, oh man. So she's just like, well, what do you, what do you mean? And he, he explains to her, you know, what's going on. And, and she's like, well, does that make you my real dad? And he's like, no, no, it does. It does. Like, we're not your biological parents, but like, we're your parents. Like, we love you and you're very important to us. And, you know, what makes it real? It isn't where you came from is how much we love you. And he says this line <laughs> that Brian Fuller better be real proud of himself for writing because it makes me want to cry every time. Because mm-hmm. it's a Brian Fuller episode, guys. <clears throat> it's, uh, you didn't grow inside your mother. You grew inside our hearts. <clears throat> so, uh, give that a minute to the land. And she's, you know, taking all this in, and she, it's Claire. It's Claire's the one who picks up the signature horn room glasses, and she goes, these ones. And he tries them on, and he puts them on, and they do the, the, the shot, the over-the-shoulder, you know, shot when he puts the glasses on, the signature HRD sh- uh, camera shot angle. And, and he's like, how do I look? And she goes, like my dad. <laughs> And we go back into the present one more time, and we're on the bridge. He's driving there with Claire. And we see the Haitians waiting there. And they get out of the car, and he's like, this is goodbye. (laughs) And I remember watching this, just crying my eyes out. Same, bro. Oh, I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) I just, I literally didn't know what the hell, like, was gonna go. This was... This was such a game changer in so many ways, this episode, because it's like we got in so many great details about the past, a lot of great character motivations revealed, and then we got this, which is like Claire and Bennett's relationship is never going to be the same, and Claire's going to go on a whole new journey, and so he tells the Haitian where to shoot him. He's like two inches higher and I'm dead. It's got to be right here. Claire, turn around. Cover your ears. (laughs) And she does. And the Haitian shoots him. And it's real brutal. It's just like, oh my god, he literally shoots him, like, in the side. And he's like, ah, he's, like, struggling because it's painful. And he's like, go deep. Take anything that would lead them to her. And before he can do that, she runs over and she hugs him. And he goes, I love you, Dad. he's like, I love you, Claire Bear. And then the Haitian comes over and he does his thing and Claire cries. And that's the cliffhanger. Oh man, and, and and we all cry. <laughs> yeah, a lot of big stuff. <laughs> There's a reason that this episode is on a lot of people's favorite list. Yes, that's undeniable. It's got, it's got all the emotion, and it was real great to see them take a step back from just you know flinging their perspective all over to different stories and different characters to just focus on one unfolding storyline and then the backstory that helped fill it all in and bring us to this point it's it's often considered most people's favorite episode of this show and it's a good one it, it was it's, it's real good one. like when i was first watching it before he said the whole you know shoot me two inches higher and i'm dead mm-hmm. i was like no 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 because like everything leading up to this would be like they're gonna kill him he's dead he's killed off 
Yeah. Yes. And and he would. He would do that for her. And we just saw, like, the week before Simone get killed. I know. So it was like, okay, they could do it. They could kill him off. Oh, my God, no. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, uh, no. I think I had a... I think I had a very similar reaction to, to you when I first saw this. I was like, oh my god, this is it. This is his, like, Joss Whedon episode. They're showing all of this flashback because they're going to kill him. Yep. Like, yeah. If you were, like, a big Buffy fan or really anything that Joss Whedon was involved in, that was a thing he did. He would have an episode where someone would get a lot more backstory suddenly or their name would be in the credits more like yeah like oh they're dead like you know it now yep it's a thing a lot of people do know but (sighs) but yeah so this is literally a closed chapter uh claire is with the haitian and she's going to be meeting whoever is giving him orders and she's going to be embarking on a different part of her life and Bennett is still involved in the company and Matt might get involved in the company and Ted is once again in custody but I have to imagine that won't last and uh, secrets are out but maybe some of them aren't maybe some of them got mind wiped maybe some of them stayed I hope Sandra didn't get mind wiped again she could die (laughs) well we've seen from this episode she's been getting her memory erased since 14 years ago a lot yeah She's got the brain scramblies for real. And I'm sure initially it wasn't often. Like, it was probably that first time, and then maybe several years later, something happened where it had to happen again. But I bet, like, as Claire got older, it got harder to hide. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because it's twofold. Have to hide what Claire can do. Have to hide what Bennett does. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually get, like, cry emotional when I watched it yesterday, but I was like, oh, boy, I remember losing my absolute mind when this aired. Yeah, same. I didn't cry now, but, like, yeah. Yeah. It was like, (laughs) Any Any other thoughts that need to be brought up? No, I think I've said everything I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. about the episode and parts in it. It's it's easy because it's like you just have to follow the through line of this one. <laughs> like, it's just one story. So, mm-hmm. Which we've said before, um, the argument could be made. Should they have done it for more characters this way? You know, I, I feel like, actually, okay, I was thinking about this before we sat down to even watch this episode. Mm-hmm. I can make the argument that it has happened for other characters, just not quite in the same way. There are plenty of episodes that are almost entirely one character's journey. And there are episodes that fill in blanks with, like, the Petrelli family. We see them, we see, like, a young Nathan at one point. Like, there's there's moments that exist in these other episodes. They're just not a whole hour-long thing devoted just to it. But yeah, because I was really thinking about that. I was like, well, well, who, okay, who should have a company man then? Like, I agree. I can't think of a specific character who should have a company man. Because all of their stuff has been explored, you know, in different ways. Um, so you'd be like, oh, you know, I remember, okay, I remember when the episode titles came out for a volume and one of them was called I Am Siler and everybody thought that was going to be his company man and it's not. He's actually hardly in it. And, um, yeah, it's like, well, why would you need a company man for Siler? We've seen his shit flung out throughout multiple episodes. Yeah, you wouldn't need it for him. The only thing that would be different is you would be holding on to that and containing it in one episode. But people got all their, like, backstory, all their focus. Like, that's what I'm just saying. I was like, what would you want to learn, you know? Who, 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 who needs that much of a deep dive at this point? Like... <laughs> Bennett was a man of secrets. Yeah. 
it works for him. Yeah. You know? Um, there is one character been... I would have loved to have seen it for, but I won't mention it because they're not in this season, and that is a story for well, another day. Well, I was just going to say, like, they could have done a, a, an episode just on the company and its founders once we learn who they are. Oh, that would have been... Like, in the, like, watching it completely like grow and not it. just um, yep, yep. something several seasons from, or several volumes from now. Like, once they actually get cast and it's not just that photo and we actually know who they all are for the most part. I'd have yeah. loved to see more of a deep dive into that. But, like, we are both very big on the company and the company lore. <laughs> yeah. Like, this podcast could almost be called Company Girls because we are... <laughs> Kind of had my mind blown that it wasn't the first thing I thought of when I <laughs> agonized over what to name this. So, because yeah. that's what our header is under our Discord is Keisha and I are both company girls. Company girls on the um, official Eclipse Discord. But, okay, so let's let's go on the other side of that coin. One of the episodes I hear people talk the most shit about mm-hmm. is kind of a company man for a different character, and it's um, the one with Angela and her sister. Yeah, that is the other. That is the only other one that does it like full one storyline. And I've never seen a single person go, you know what my favorite episode is? Like, people hate that episode. (sighs) They're too fucking harsh, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, I have my thoughts about why that is, but yeah. Which I'm sure we will get to when we get to that episode. But, like, I didn't hate that episode at the time. But I do, thinking back now, remember people not being thrilled about it. Yeah, I've seen people complain about it still, like, on Tumblr and Reddit. This is no upon this rock. I'm sorry. (laughs) Girl... That's going to be a hard week, because we're going to be almost wrapped up with it by then, too, and I'll be like, okay. <laughs> Man, it's the only episode I actively hate, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. It was so boring at the time. I was just like, this fucking so- They had to pair it with a second episode, because they knew... <laughs> I feel like they knew if people watched that alone, there would not be very good response. Honestly, right? Because it was, what, Upon This Rock and Let It Bleed? Yeah, they had, like... Because that was coming back from the hiatus, those two episodes together, and I feel like they were like, we have to have it be two. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I remember watching that and going, really? Like, that's the only time I ever felt that way with this show, Mm -hmm. actually. You know, and the funny thing is, is I wonder if it would... That one in particular would watch better, like, in a binge. But we're doing it weekly ourselves again. Yeah, I know, So, Yeah. We'll we'll find out when uh, we eventually get there. Like even if we watch it by itself, what it uh, what our uh, thoughts are on yep. it. Yep. I can't imagine they will be any kinder. God, me neither. <laughs> but I mean, I've had some surprises watching some of this again. That is so. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd say we should probably wrap it up. I think so. I think so. Yeah, if you want to reach out to us, we are on Twitter. And guess what? I am growing that Twitter. That is my goal for. I don't know, the next while <laughs> to try to try to make something out of this. We are at Eclipse Podcast on Twitter. Um, if you want to follow our personal accounts, uh, Rachel is at that burb there, burb with a B like Bennett, and I am at lady underscore snark, S-N-A-R-K. If you want to email us, you can do so, and we are over at uh, eclipsedpod at gmail.com. If you would like to come and play with us in the Eclipse Podcast Discord, we'll leave a link to it in the show notes. Uh, I can't decide if I want us to start an Instagram. I'm mulling it over. I was thinking about (laughs) that last night, too. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity. But, um, yeah, so come find us on there. And uh, I kind of want to start doing 
as much as possible like a weekly question that we can put out on the uh, Twitter at least. And I'll probably tweet that today, and it'll probably be the one I said earlier, which is, if you can't say Company Man or Five Years Gone, what's your favorite episode of the show? Yes. And that's probably going to be as hard for others as it is for us, because we don't remember the names. But you can cheat. You can absolutely look them up. So thank you for joining us, and we will be back to a much more traditionally styled Heroes episode next week. Uh, yeah, we uh, we got some cool stuff coming our way, so get excited. We're almost done with season one. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Whew. But we will see you then. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Next time on Eclipsed, Matt has a job interview, cooking with Linderman, Bennett gets a new partner, and she's so changeable, and we have a, a nice, cozy tea time to look forward to. Tune in.